Welcome back, everybody. Winners Win Podcast. Sixers basketball tonight, game three. That amazing Sixers franchise. That winning Sixers franchise. The countdown is on. 14 more wins till they're NBA champions. According to some. Hold your horses. So Sixers game three tonight in Brooklyn. Rough game two. Tyrese Maxey carried the load. Gave him a 2-0 lead, which was huge. Because that was a possibly a game they could lose. So they'll be in Brooklyn tonight for game three. Which, who knows? I guess they could lose a game. I expect them to at least win in five. And I don't think there's anything you can really take out of this series. I talked about it last week that you just want to get through this thing healthy and quickly. And the quicker the better because it looks like that Milwaukee series, Milwaukee dominated last night, no Giannis, but he's a little banged up. So maybe that series could go a little bit longer. I still would expect Milwaukee to win unless he can't play at all. But it's a shame because you get nothing from this series. Now, I guess if you're a Sixers fan, that's not a terrible thing because if you can get through unscathed, then you had an easy first round where maybe Milwaukee doesn't. Celtics probably will, it looks like. I thought that Hawks could maybe win a game there, but who knows. But you get nothing. You know, and I was looking at I was looking at all the matchups, and I think the Sixers probably have the easiest matchup in the NBA. For the first round. The only reason Brooklyn is a six seed. Or probably in the postseason. Is because. They played a lot of the year with Kyrie. And Durant. And that positioned them to be where they are. If not. Who knows if they're even a playoff team. I I don't think they're better than Miami. I don't know that they're better than Atlanta. I don't know who they're better than in the West. The only team was maybe Minnesota, but I think Minnesota's probably better. So I think you could argue the Sixers have the easiest first-round matchup. So I don't think you get anything from this series. It's it's really just get through this and move on. Now, if Miami can find a way to beat Milwaukee, things become interesting, although I don't know that will happen. But thing, things become interesting quick. They'd still have to get through Boston but they probably wouldn't get Boston until the Eastern Conference Finals. Granted, they get through Cleveland or, or New York. So that that's really a series to keep your eye on is that Milwaukee series. How long does Giannis stay out? How long does that injury linger? Can Miami somehow steal that series with if Giannis isn't himself? I don't think so. But if if so, then we'll have to kind of reassess the Sixers' outlook. Want to touch quickly on game two, although there's not a ton to touch on. Just looking at the the stat sheet, and you know, you win the game. They didn't. Sixers didn't play great. They win the game. Maxi, I think, has 33. Jim was horrific. 
I don't know. I think he ended up with eight, but he was he shot terrible. P.J. Tucker had zero. Joel was not good either. Was had twenty. Um, was all right, you know, average. And I, I don't I don't want to take much from the game. I, you know, it's a it's a hard maybe it's a hard game to get up for. It's a series you know you're going to win, but th- that's the kind of game you can't have from Jim and Joel in the late in the next round and beyond. Jim can't ever score eight. Joel can't ever score 20. We talked about this before. Joel has to be MVP every night. So 20's not good enough. He's got to be 25 plus every night. Double-double, points and rebounds, 25 plus a night. Every night. That's what the MVP does for his team, historically. And we've seen that from him before. We'll have this dominant performance like he was in game one. He was really good. And then game two, eh, kind of a stinker or just average. That That's not, that's not getting you there. So, again, as much as we talk about all the other guys, he's the guy. And Jim, you know, we'll see. Now, game one, Jim was really good game one. But they're the kind of games he likes. He knows he's not going to lose. He's playing loose. He's stepping back and shooting. Now, game two, he was horrific. And we've seen that kind of Jim in his life. It's not just age. We've seen him that bad in postseason games before. So, look, a grain of salt. It's 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 really a meaningless game in series for a play which is a shame to say in a playoff series, but there's no way they can lose the series. They're just far superior. They're probably playing a team that's really not a postseason team as hard as they play, and Mikel Bridges is really, really good. I mean, imagine I always think about, you know, we had him. Imagine Mikel Bridges here. You watch that Kings team, Sacramento, that De'Aaron Fox. Imagine him here. I mean, these are the mistakes we made, and we've, we've gone over them ad nauseum. But So, just get through this, and, and we'll see where we end up next round. Phillies close a series with Chicago yesterday on a high note. They split the doubleheader, and then they get the win yesterday. A couple positives to take from, from the Phillies before I get into the negatives. Looks like if you get through the sixth inning with a lead, maybe that's the formula for them to be kind of lights out. Soto acquisition from the Tigers in the offseason has been has found the strike zone and throws really hard. Kimbrell, who was uh, kind of unsure of him in the last in the first week or two, has found some life on his fastball, throwing really hard. You know, we'll see. Alvarado's been incredible, been lights out. And been in the closer all the last two nights. Sir Anthony's been a little better. If he could find the strike zone, their bullpen is filthy with big arms. Now, the obviously the 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 question marks the starting pitching. Now now Tawan Walker's been great his last two starts. Really picked them up a lot. Um Strom's pitching tonight. They're down two nothing. He's been okay. Bally Falter's been okay, but Really, Nolan and Wheeler have not been good. That that's that's kind of the the problem. I mean, if they if they're if they're even a little bit above average, we're probably better. We're also weird offensively. We have nights where we score a ton, and we have nights we don't hit at all. 
Now, I know that's kind of the baseball formula, but we're kind of Jekyll and Hyde at the plate. But look, our offense is really good. Topper, I, I once again, I just think he doesn't have the right lineup. I mean, he has, we've talked about Schwarber to death as a one and two hole hitter. Now he's been in the three hole because Stott has been so good spraying the ball over the field, running all over the place. Turner's starting to hit. Um, almost hit for the cycle yesterday. Found his bat. So you have the one and two hole hitter, which is correct, but he's got Schwarber in the three hole now. Not a three hole hitter. He was 0 for 11, I think, in the Chicago series. Nobody brings it up. He's hitting 194. You could argue that he's your worst hitter on the team. Besides home runs. And I hate this because it, it sounds like I don't like him. And I love the guy. I really, really like him. I think he's a great locker room guy. I think he's a winner. I think there's a we need him. There's a place for him in the, on this team. It's a culture thing. I love him. But he's not a three-hole hitter. I personally would have Alec Bohm in the three-hole. Bohm's been kind of outshined by Stott's hot start, but Bohm's been also spraying the ball over the field. So when Bryce comes back, I was trying to think of my lineup. And it's a good problem to have because you have a lot of hitters. And look, somebody's going to have to hit 7th and 8th. So we're going to have to pick who that is. And it's probably going to be someone we don't want. And you could probably do it by who has the hot stick. So if Schwarber's swinging a hot bat in June and whacking home runs, maybe he's fifth. Maybe if not, maybe he's sixth. If Bohm's hot, maybe he's third. If not, maybe JT's third. But I would have something like Turner, Stott, and you can mix and match on lefty-righty, but... I, Turner, Stott, and I like to switch it up just so we go righty, lefty, righty, lefty. But Turner, Stott, Bohm, Bryce, and we're we're a weird team. We don't have a natural cleanup hitter. But, you know, I, for some reason I forgot. I thought Bryce was hitting three most of the year last year. I went back and looked at the postseason lineups. Bryce hit cleanup. Reese was the three-hole hitter. I, I don't know why that's I, – I did know it, but for some reason I didn't realize he was. So, uh, Bryce, cleanup. So you go Turner, Stott, Bohm, Bryce, Nick. I think then Schwarber, six. Which means, unfortunately, I have JT, seventh. Which is a good problem to have. Not ideal, but not a bad problem to have. Marsh. And then you could have, like, Sosa ninth. I think that's my my lineup. I mean, it's righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. It's every other. And if you want to mix it around against a, a right-hander, you want Stott to lead off or something, I, whatever. But it, it, it's got to resemble something like that. And I had on Ricky Bo the other day, and somebody called in the radio and said that Schwarber has to be fifth or sixth, and they laughed at him. They said, well, are you crazy? 
This guy played baseball. I don't. But he also said they were going to sweep the Rockies and they're down 2 nothing. The guy talks about momentum in baseball. Momentum. It's a guy that played the game. He brings up the word momentum. No such thing. Momentum is as good as the next day starting pitcher. And anybody who's watches understands. I mean, we had, I think, five home runs? Or, I forget, game three of the World Series, we went 7-0. We had a bunch of knockers. Next day, we get no hit at home. Momentum. There's no momentum. Well, one day you score zero runs. The next day we score 13. The next day we score zero. There's no, no momentum. He keeps bringing it up on post-game live. So that, that's my lineup. I, I don't think Topper will ever do it. He seems to love Schwarber at the top. He's one of these guys that just, I think Schwarber probably likes to bat up there. So, you know, I, I don't want to, I, I can't keep talking about it, but I just, I thought I'd give my lineup and we'll see where Bryce plays. There's some rumor he could play some first. I, we'll see. I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it, but we got to get, we got to get healthy. You know, we got to get Ranger back. We got to get, I know they're going to baby painter, but. I'd like to see him get back. Um, look, we're six games out in April. That That is not ideal. And some of that is a bad start, being 8-11. and 11. Some of that is the Braves until yesterday haven't lost. They're 14-5. and five. So you don't want to have to keep making up big holes like that like we did last year. They're hard to dig out of. You don't want to have to constantly play for wild cards. We see it, it's all about just getting in, but if you're not competitive in the division, you just kind of force yourself into this wild card spot. And it worked out last year, but I just don't know that you can keep digging yourself whole. So we're six out. We got to find a way to get to 500. And then when you get to 500, all right, it's a new season, but you want to get there quicker rather than later. I mean, I'd like to get there before the end of the month. So that we could start May fresh instead of constantly paying five, six games under and playing catch up. So, you know, you win a game, you lose a game. They're eight and eleven. They're losing two nothing tonight. No runs. Um, you know, Rocky stink. So it would have been nice to win three here, but who knows? You lose the first one, you might only win two. Last thing I want to touch on is. Uh, Jalen Hurts. So Jalen Hurts got paid this week. He, I think it puts him the biggest NFL, biggest contract ever. Um, a lot of people talk about, oh, Mahomes got $400 million, but that was spread over a 10-year extension. So, you know, I think it's only whatever it equals, $49 million a year. So Hurts is, I think, going to be 51-ish a year for five years. The contract's interesting because it, there's not a lot of cap hits the first two years. So it's only $6 million against the cap this year and then 13 and it, it kind of goes up over time. No trade clause, first ever. Um, so, for an Eagle and a quarterback for the Eagles. <clears throat> and, you know, it's well-deserved. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you know, he took too much money. You know, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't taking a deep enough dive into the contract obviously a lot of money. I think there are some elements that might favor the Eagles early on. It looks like it's pretty heavy in the back end as far as cap hits. So it might keep them competitive for a couple years. But look, 
at the end of the day, they probably have a three-year window anyway, right? So you have A.J. Brown signed for three more years. Devontae Smith, it might be two more years on his rookie deal. A um, couple of these linemen contracts will, you know, things will turn over, but, you know, they'll probably, three years is max. Forgot, I mean, Lane Johnson's no spring chicken. Kelsey's not going to be here three years from now. Um, so this is it. And when you pay the quarterback, things change. We always talked about that. That's why it's so important to win prior to that. And we had a prime opportunity. But they have a three-year window here. Might be two years. Might really be a two, might be less. But it's a very, very short window. We saw it happen in Seattle. We've seen it happen other places. To try to capitalize. And they have to do it. And look, there's immense um, responsibility now on Jalen's shoulders. You know, nobody believed in him. Early on, still had a lot of doubters last year. Now he earned himself a big contract, well-deserved. And now all eyes are on him. Expectations are high. It's Super Bowl or bust now, every year. We're in that position we were in the Andy Reid era. It's If Jalen's on the field, we expect to win a Super Bowl. And with, the, with what's around him and what Howie can still put around him in the draft next week, which... I expect to add, I don't see any reason, looking at the NFC, why they can't be competitive for at least the next year or two. Tom Brady's gone. Aaron Rodgers will be gone. There's no juggernauts. There's no teams that make you shake in your boots. And I know it's it, you know it's only April, but I don't see anyone that's going to prove that drastically that you'll be scared to death. So... They were the best team by far in the NFC last year. I don't see a dr- tremendous drop-off unless there's injuries. So now Jalen, now you're going to find out really another thing about Jalen because the league's going to adjust. The expectations of the fans are going to be different. And perfection is going to be, you know, every interception, every turnover is going to be magnified times a million now. And he's going to have to live up to that contract because now you have that $255 million price tag on your on your head fans love to hold that over you every time things aren't going well and I, I trust that he will I think he will he's a he's, he's a guy that's not gonna let it go to his head he's a worker loves the game and I think I think the next couple of years could be fun I think they could be really competitive so, I'm going to close out uh, a lot of sports tonight. Phillies, like I said, Sixers game three. We have Golden State, can, uh, Sacramento game three. By the way, isn't it nice for the Kings, NBA fans, for the Kings to be relevant? I remember when I was young, man, the Kings, the Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, uh, Stojakovic, Vladi Divac, Doug Christie, those teams, man. I, I don't know, something about playoff basketball in Sacramento. What an arena. Uh, it's loud. I don't know. I just I always enjoyed it. I always liked. It. I had a Mike Bibby jersey. Um, so it's cool. It's a team I root for. I don't know why, but and they're fun to watch. They play really hard. They have a lot of winners on that team. But I'll close out with uh, the question of the day, the answer, and then the next one. So from last week through two thousand and twenty-two. 
Eight Sixers have scored 50 points in a single game. Dana Barros, Willie Burton, Wilt Chamberlain, Joel Embiid, Hal Greer, Allen Iverson, Moses Malone, Dolph Shays. For next week, stay on the Sixers here since we're in NBA postseason. From 2010-11 through 2021-22. So the 10-11 season through 21-22 season. Seven, seven different Sixers scored 3,000 or more points. So from 10-11 to 21-22, seven different Sixers scored 3,000 or more points. Some, some surprising names on this list, to be honest with you. Um, really surprising, one of them. I'm, I'm shocked by. But, all right, everybody. Uh, enjoy baseball. Enjoy the warm weather. Enjoy NBA playoffs which we know are, uh, I don't know, I, I don't enjoy them as much as I used to, but I'm trying to get back into it. And NFL draft coming up, so a lot going on. NHL playoffs, uh, another great sport for postseason. A lot of good series. So enjoy the week. We'll check in again next week, everybody. Thank you.